It's the second cup of Joe and John with Joe Elvis and John Dwyer. I love the fly, John. I know you do. You I do love, it for a living. I You've done it. What? I love your noises, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> I listen sometimes and I'm going, I don't remember making any of the noises I made, but but somehow like the it, show yeah. brings it out. It does. How you doing? All right. Good. What do you got? I'm good. So um, I love hearing of your travels when you fly. Mm-hmm. I fly all the time. I fly to work and then I fly. So there's a lot of connections going on. Um, do you have a system? You know, are you on Southwest a lot? I'm a Southwest guy. I am too. Rapid rewards. I love it all. It has been, uh, anytime I have to fly any other airline, um, I'm a little cranky about it. It's terrible. And then there's others that don't like the Southwest cattle call thing. I'm like, well, I just, it's a a greyhound in the sky. It's A to B. I'm fine with it. So you have to check in that 24 hours in advance on it. Are you usually on A, B, or C? A priority. That's what you are. Yeah. And that's Uh, what I am. And it and it's and it's worked out pretty well. Yeah, but and, sometimes and, sometimes I end up on the Delta, the United, the something else, and you have to click on your seat. Right, and so uh, that's difficult. I I guess all of us hate the middle seat. We'll ask our guest. Perhaps she loves the middle seat. That's the I the think she's a middle seat. Dreams. She wants the I middle seat. She's a list just to be the middle seat. I always wanted to meet she's, a woman who loves the middle seat. <laughs> I think that's going to be a marriage that lasts forever. Why but, is our guest leaving? I don't know why. <laughs> Do we, the over-under of, of, of annoying her and, yeah. and really offending her, yeah. I thought it was about eight minutes, and we, we so went I think, under. I think we're going to tip the scales for Southwest. I love the Southwest, and uh, you get on the A. You know, if you're in C, it sucks, and you can see it for people that don't fly a lot. It can be troublesome because you come trickling in on the end, and your, your family's scattered everywhere. But I'm an aisle. Play the game. I'm an aisle, and then Lindley really? will sit next to me in the middle. middle and, well, C. because, because she I likes to use the restroom a few times and she oh. just has to crawl over me i don't get up for her. i mean she has to crawl over me sweet which don't is even we make it, your tray we make it a little awkward we <laughs> leave the tray down i got my headsets in <laughs> like, what do you want woman She's climbing over the yeah it, yeah we yeah i'm sure that's on a youtube video <laughs> somewhere or tiktok or whatever the kids yeah. do today i like the window seat i go window well, so because you have a big do, bladder. First thing I do is I come in, I'm back to the back, pee before you go. Then I sit down and I get my iPad and stuff. But looking out the window, I mean, that's what I love about my job is seeing the world from above. Very few people get to do it. So when you fly, you got to look out the window. I mean, I, yeah, I don't care. I really don't. I'd rather just, you know, binge watch The Office or something so like that. You're like the person, sometimes I am on the aisle seat, and that person on the window will close the shade. Fine with me. Oh! I don't care. Shut it out. What is the best view in the world? Well, you do it for a living. I mean, you 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 get to do that. I, I've seen it. I've seen the world from 40,000. I'm Jaded. good with it. Yeah. Have you ever skydived? I will never skydive. You're I will never me. skydive. I will never fly in an experimental plane. That word love- experimental might not work out. Uh, I will never skydive. Why why jump out of a perfectly good operating aircraft? So trite for you to say that because you know it's safe. You've seen... You've seen what? Jumping out of a plane is safe? Well, I've done it three times. Oh, you have done it? Yeah. Oh, I I did it. I did it for my wife's 40th. I took her to Sedona. Yeah. And, 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 uh, the problem is we, I thought we we're going to go up together. Cause that's part of the bonding thing where you go up, you know, 10,000 feet and you're all scared and you got your guys that are Velcro to you or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. I hope it's more than Velcro. And, and, and the plane was so small, she had to go up by herself. And then I went up by myself 
So when I landed, and I video this, I said, I am so sorry I put you through that because it was terrifying to go up by yourself in this little crate. And I put her through, and now I, I get why she's like, her, you know, she couldn't breathe the whole time. So she'll never do it again. So anyway, a and I surprised her. A tandem her. jump. You were attached we to We wanted, yeah, your tandem jump. You have to go and sign 34 waivers that, you know, when you tandem really jump, from everything. Are yeah. you facing the ground or are you looking at your instructor as the instructor? <laughs> oh, that's creepy. Oh, that no, is. No, well, no, no, no. You're looking maybe down. You paid extra for no. that. <laughs> you know what? This conversation is over. <laughs> All right. We're going to the Rolodex. People. Let's take a spin through Joe and John's Rolodex. I want to apologize to our guest uh, for that that lame opening, but uh, I'm so excited. The show's going to pick up uh, immense speed right now and gravitas because we have with us. Uh, it stops at, at T. Beth Torres is the president and CEO of Make a Wish Middle Tennessee. Beth, welcome to the second cup of Joe and John. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> Hour so, of your life, you're not getting back. We'll we'll kick that uh, question to you. Yeah. You probably travel a lot, and in your past jobs, I know you've traveled a lot. What's your flying life like? Do you like having your own seat? Do you like to stand in line and run back there and get whatever seat you can? Okay, so I love to have my own seat, but I'm a Southwest convert. So now, if you can be A, it's totally great. You can pick your seat, and I'm an aisle person. Because I'm short, people want me to be a middle but I'm not, I'm an aisle person, oh. my short legs. And so do you have that look down where people are looking? I mean, you look away, right? Everybody, every aisle person, when you sit, yeah. you have that, I'm reading, I'm in my phone, I'm I'm doing anything but eye contact with people coming down. No, I'm over, looking right? for that person that I want in my row. So you're flirting. Yeah. I'm interviewing. You're <laughs> nice. You're looking at, you're looking for prospects. <laughs> that's right. I want to someone right? that's going to sit in their seat. Uh huh. Maybe not talk to me too much, but just enough. Yeah, and and short. You don't yeah. want anybody over, you know, one eighty, right? right? I mean, no, you have you have standards. <laughs> right, but I'm like you. I'll stand up and let them out. So they don't. I mean, I'll, I'll get out of the way. Somebody who's going to talk to me, but not too that's much. That's right. The yeah. perfect amount. Trying to find that sweet intro. spot is it's really difficult. <laughs> and so at the end, you go. Wow, you really talk too much. Uh-huh. Or, or yeah, okay. Well, so as a window seater, mm. um, I'm usually in my pilot's uniform, so I go on first. Because Strikingly I am handsome so man, by the way. special. So anyway, I do make eye contact with people that will right. fit in yeah. the middle seat. Not make eye contact, but you see the ones coming at you in the tank top and 260 pounds. You're like, please don't sit in the middle seat with right. me for two and a half, three hours at least. So I yeah. know that you're interviewing. I'm going right. to start interviewing. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it works. Sometimes people feel safe sitting next to me. That's right. So they'll instantly come in. You think way too much of yourself. I do it all the time. <laughs> so there's all mental games going on of things. Of who's going who's gonna to sit. Yeah. Please yeah. sit next to me. Please sit next to me. Then they go past you. Hey, uh, Beth, make a wish. Um, clearly, uh, you've been doing it now. 10, more than 10 years, right? Just over 10, as president. Yeah. Right. And I rolled off the board of Make-A-Wish, uh, full disclosure, as you were being hired. I was not part of your hiring process. No, but you just made that sound personal. <laughs> you turned out like we didn't. I, did, I, did, I left and, and uh, that's that's not true, actually. And you know that. Um, so, you know, that's not that's not very kind. I don't want to sit next to you on a plane, okay? <laughs> were you removed from the room, John? <laughs> was he? I was kicked off kicked off the board. But it is, it, it's grown so much. I joined in 06, I think, the, the, the 
chapter started here in Middle Tennessee, maybe 2000 by our good friend Ben Hambeck. Um, it, it groomed me for the nonprofit work that I'm doing. You have been, and I'll just get, get this right out of the way. Beth, you, you helped me when I was making so many unforced errors. You helped me with, with the nonprofit. By the way, the non, a nonprofit, folks, is a business, okay? It's not, you know, you, you can call warm and fuzzy charity. It's a business that has to be run like a business. You have to pay bills. You've expanded. Um, just overall, your experience of, of 10 years of doing this, I guess when you took it, you probably said, I, this will be a cup of coffee or I'm not going to be here 10 years. Yeah, no, I certainly didn't think I'd be here 10 years. I took the job, um, primarily because another mutual friend of ours, David Osborne stood up in my interview process and said that the chapter wanted to be huge. And so they wanted to be in growth mode and that sounded exciting and we've done it and it's been fun. It's gone from, uh, when I was part of it, 600,000 budget, maybe to you're up to $3 million. And you're granting how many wishes a year now? Yeah, we'll do 146 in the next 12 months. 146? Yeah. In two months? In, well, in 12 months. Oh, in 12 give me, months. Give me some time here. Wow. Yeah. And a per wish is 7,500 now, or are we up? Oh, I wish, but there's this inflation thing that's happening every How many times are you going to say wish just to work it in? Is I'm, this like a drinking game? And yes. it's like saying Bob, yeah. watching Bob Newhart? It is starting it, And so your friends, once you say wish, is <laughs> this, they're going to listen to this and every time <laughs> wish is, well, there's another shot. Yes, shot. That's no, right. I'm sorry. So you've met my friends. I have, <laughs> I have three of them. Yeah. So I just did the math. That's like 12, a dozen wishes a month. Yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot. That is a lot. So talk about that process of every kid's wish is probably different. How do you locate, uh, focus in on the person they want to see or the place they want to go? What kind of network is that about? So a lot of this, um, I was telling someone last night at dinner, is about how many friends we can amass before a kid even comes into our system. Because once a kid is referred and they qualify, they get a wish. So every kid, we've got 252 kids waiting right now in Middle Tennessee. Mm. So they come in and they can have anything, right? They can have something, meet someone, go somewhere, be someone. And we get to say whatever it is, we'll grant it. And then a kid comes in and says, I want to have a Nashville soccer club experience. And that's a little too late to go and then make friends at the soccer club. So if we've got them, we can call them and say, can you help us grant this kid's wish? And they'll do it. And that's what I love about our work is it brings everybody together. Uh, parameters on that misconceptions about make a wish and the children that, that receive the wishes. Um, I, I, I know them by heart, but yep. you're the boss. Right. So the biggest one is that all of our kids are terminal. Um, most of our kids, 80% of our kids are going to go on to survive their medical condition, thrive and have these amazing lives. We are going to lose some kids. And for those families, the wish is a little different, but that's the biggest misperception. What other ones do you like? Uh, that, oh, I can afford to go to oh, Disney yeah. world. So, and I, and then the answer is, that's right. Not the way we send you. Yeah. yeah. You can't do it the Make-A-Wish way. <laughs> so good. describe that. That's that's the yeah. one you see the most is Disney. That's right. What is a Make-A-Wish experience like for a child going to Disney? Yeah. So a kid from Middle Tennessee, traditional kid going to Disney, will get a limo from his house, get to BNA, where they'll probably fly Southwest Airlines. <laughs> good plug to our friends. <laughs> most of those kids want a window seat, in case you're wondering. Um, they'll get to meet the pilot, choose their seat. They go to Disney and they'll stay at Give Kids the World, which is a partner nonprofit that takes care of their room board, gets make sure that they have the tickets to every park they want to see. They get to do everything they want. They do get to go to the front of the line often. And then they fly home on Southwest Airlines, back in a limo, back home. 
Nice. And there's also a, before that <clears throat> with the volunteer wish granters, yeah. uh, there's a, usually a reveal party of some sort. So they, they learn, you know, there's a lot of pop and circumstance. Yeah. Uh, the thing is we would always say is, um, it, it's not make a trip. That's okay. Right. It's make a wish. So if you're going, Hey, I want to, I want to, uh, I need a big screen in my bedroom yeah. and no, 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 we're going to do you. We're going to do a room makeover. Okay. What, what's your favorite team? Uh, and so we're going to make think big, you know, which is, which is, which is good. And of course it takes money to do that. So the fundraising thing is, is, is you're always in fundraising mode. I mean, yeah. I'll have to. Yeah. I don't have know. to tell you to that. <laughs> no. I hit up plenty. <laughs> and I know, Oh, we have another read from our sponsor. Go ahead, Joe. Oh, we don't. Make a wish. wish. Make a make <laughs> donate now. You know, if they make a wish really cared, they would they would sponsor they would this. Pay us. Yeah, they would pay us. Nonprofit. We're pay onto us. something. That was, was actually the hook for getting her here. She's like, oh, he's gonna be a guest. No, we're gonna ask you to be a sponsor. No, let's go to Common Sense would tell you not to look to Joe and John for this, but time for life lessons from Joe and John. So we are going to, we, we've talked about Make-A-Wish, but I want to think of a, a larger thing of, of you being a very successful woman in the Nashville nonprofit or business, com business community. Um, what, what, what are the life lessons like that? What are some of the, 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 the challenges you have? I'd like to think there aren't many being a woman in your position, but tell me. Yeah, I think um, the biggest one is getting over that fear of asking for help. Um, mm. so much of us want to do this all by ourselves, and make a wish is a great example of something you can't do as a party of one. It has to be collaborative. So big life lesson. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And then I've learned people want to say yes. So you came from, uh, I think university of Illinois, that's right. MBA at Vanderbilt mm -hmm. and you worked for Reebok. Yeah. And that was kind of a, what traveling sales thing. And you discuss, uh, you know, there's generational changes for women in leadership yeah. now you fought through the whole hard, hard network, yeah. uh, maybe not getting invited to go out to the bar or this, that, you know, it's just a stupid stuff. Yeah. Um, what is your observation now in today's climate, which is way different, That's right. but uh, what made you go from a sales rep area in Reebok to uh, running something and being the person in charge? Yeah. So, um, good question. It's That's like, my co-host, by the way. read the bio. It's a good thing somebody It's did. good. Wait, somebody had to do something. This is Beth Torres, John. This is yeah, Beth Torres. This, this is really Joe. You are each other. I got to step up my game. I Proceed. Mean, okay. By you the way, don't, don't interrupt a guest as she's giving an answer. answer. Yeah. Thanks. Jackass. I know. <laughs> Beth walks in and John goes, oh, it's Beth Torres. I said, she's today's guest. <laughs> did he think I was just stopping by for a visit? <laughs> right next to the liquor store. the question? In the dumpster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the question was, how did I get here? Yeah. And it's a great question. Um, so I, 12 years in sports marketing and my last job was soul sucking and I worked for a minor league sports team. We'll leave them out of this. And, um, you, you work for a minor league team? Yeah. It was I, brutal. I love that. Yeah, it was, it was in Chicago. Was it minor league ball or hockey or what? Kenosha it was, Twins. It was. Oh, I wish. No. Oh. That sounds fantastic. If Kenosha, sounds, Wisconsin. Sounds rich. Were you in Racine? No, I don't oh, know. No. Where, I know. Let her answer Chicago. the question. I just told you I can't tell you because it sounds horrible. But it was soul sucking. It was, was the it, worst job. Can ever. you say the sport? Yeah, baseball, um, hockey. Yeah, hockey. So but it's like that, real minor, not the Wolves. Wolves are great. Love them. Is that who, the Coliseum the right by O'Hare? No. Who's that? Yeah, those are the Wolves. Is that good? Yeah, they were a great team. I, I was in Chicago and saw this very nice arena yeah. and it's minor league hockey. And yeah. I thought, how can you have minor league hockey when you got the Blackhawks down the street? Yeah, and, this uh, one, this team is now defunct for good reason. Were okay. they in the East Coast Hockey League? 
No. No. Keep going. Some, oh, really? Okay. There are worse leaks. The Acme. Yes, exactly. Sports league. Wow. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, I, you know, minor league sports are like businesses. Everybody's right. trying to grow and move on yeah. and such. So it's, uh, I always like that, but evidently it sucks sometimes. Sometimes ours was owned by sucking. a um, lottery winner. And so we're in the middle of the staff meeting once and he's making these decisions. I don't understand. And the guy next to me goes, uh, Hey, he picked seven numbers. And I was like, Oh crap. Like my future is in the hands of someone who picked seven numbers. That's not good. So he won the lottery, bought a yeah, team? Correct. God, this gets even better. Yeah. This is like slap shot. That's <laughs> it's terrific. Okay, so okay, so I leave. You're your 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 minor league hockey. That's right. You're into Reebok. Yep. And then I went home, had dinner with my parents one night, and I said, I think I'm gonna go into nonprofit. And they said, I think it's a really bad idea. Which I'm pretty sure is what I told you when you said I've got an idea. I'm I said I'm going to put the nod in yeah. nonprofit. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we talked about why, right? Like it's a tough business that not a lot of people respect and um, it doesn't move very fast. And it's not very professional. And so I said, I've saved up some money. I'll do it for a couple of years and then I'll get a real job. And my parents said, fine. And then you went to, was that junior achievement? Yeah. And then I moved here and I took my first job with JA um, and I love what they do. They teach kids about personal finance and business readiness and um, worked with them. And while I was working there, I went back to Vandy and got my MBA about two months after graduation, I get a call at my office and this woman says, would you consider a CEO position with a mid-sized nonprofit? And I said, no, thanks. Like I had no desire to be the CEO. And I really coming out of business school wanted to be someone's number two. And she said, okay. Um, really? Yeah. You, is, you, did, you did, is it because you didn't have confidence in yourself? You didn't think you could do it or you just didn't want that responsibility yes. of being number one? I didn't think I would ever have the ideas, right? Like you always think of the guy who creates the widget or does the thing. And I felt like I could really help you make it bigger, but I wasn't sure I was going to come up with the idea. And so I asked her who it was and she said, I can't tell you. It's a blind search. It's nationwide. Your name came up. We thought it would be fun. And I was like, no, but thanks for calling. So she called You back. said no. <clears throat> yes. But she called back two days later and she said, um, the search committee wants me to tell you who it is. I said, great. Why? And she said, they believe if you knew the organization, you would at least apply. And she said, make a wish. And I said, I'm going to have to write a resume. <laughs> so I went home, I sent her a resume and I said, if it works great, if it doesn't, don't worry about it. And then I had this wonderful search committee. Um, a lot of our friends, David mm -hmm. Osborne, John Steele, John Von Arb. Um, and these guys sitting on this committee are lucky because for my very first phone interview, I had laryngitis and all I could do was answer the question. There was no like extra talk, no chatter. It was perfect. Like, yeah, less is more. You I want to sit next to somebody on a plane that has laryngitis, right? Would they, that be yes? Yeah, it'd be good if you could vet somebody like that. Right. We can start interviewing for that. No. So obviously it went well. I mean, yeah, I interviewed for a long time, and you know this. I was um, the fourth CEO in three years, so the organization had seen a ton of change, and um, I came in and just really fell in love. The mission's easy to love, and when you know the business behind it and you want to work for these families, that's where the magic happens. What is the difference? I don't know this answer. Yeah. You all said it several times, nonprofit, but yet you just raised $3 million. Right. What does a nonprofit mean? Is it a tax thing? Yeah, it's a tax status, not a business goal, is what we used to be told all okay, the time. So you can do as much as you want, you just won't be taxed on all this so you can help others. That's right. And instead of it having is. profit that we redistribute to investors, Got it. we have a surplus that we reinvest in the mission. And so the more money we have, it's not just that we have more money. We get to do more of the work. And that's where the change starts to happen because now you're getting volume. 
Uh, so give me, um, we're going to bear souls here right now. Um, name something early on or, or something you thought was a good idea and, and maybe it, you know, didn't work out or you went, wow, that, that went differently because I have one that I think will resonate with people. I'll be interested to hear, um, not saying, Hey, pick on your flaws, but I'm, you know, as you start and you're trying to build things, wow, I can't believe that didn't work out. Do you have one? Maybe you don't, I don't know. Maybe you. I have a million, um, and especially, so Make-A-Wish is federated model. So there are 58 Make-A-Wish chapters across the country. And so when you're new in this role, you talk to other CEOs, and they have these things that really work well for them. And I'll tell you the one we could never get off the ground, walk for wishes. We have chapters that raise half a million, million dollars in walks. For the love of us, we could not. We couldn't get it off. We tried it like three different years, couldn't raise any money. Too many uh, walks for whatever? Or why? Why do you think that is? No idea. We just couldn't People. get it started here just lazy people, that, I guess. I mean, we would rather have hot chicken and I like us for that. Maybe you could have a make-a-wish walk pub crawl. I'm here for this. Oh, yeah. See, <laughs> see we're on to something next to be generation. Big. can right. be small. Right. We, and you're donating in every spot on the campus. Of, my first sponsors <laughs> for that effort. We will be the second cup of Joe okay. and John in a bar. <laughs> and so come talk to us right. and then get out and make your walk down the thing. Well, oh. Beth, what were you? Uh, what was your major at University of Illinois? Oh, history. History. Yeah. Yeah. That. that okay. Fits. How about this? What's? Uh, give me. Give oh, me the not invasion work. of Normandy. Give me. Give me something in history. What's a quick story? Okay, I'm going to give you a wish in history. Are you ready for this? Oh, oh that's right. Because I can do this, and everyone else just took right a drink. Because I don't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> So last week, we're What are you, a goldfish? Yeah. Yeah, remember the, wasn't that the, the line of the goldfish? Yeah, I have the brain of a goldfish because they, they, they remember things for Ted 10 Lasso. seconds. Ted Lasso. Ted, yeah, well, like, how would people, anybody know that in the research is what I was... Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so we're at an international conference last week. CEO of Make-A-Wish Belgium stands up, and she's telling the story of a five-year-old boy who's getting a wish, and his wish is to march at the Menin Gate in Belgium. Every night at 8 o'clock, they have this solemn memorial for the fallen heroes of world war one and this kid wants to march with his granddad terrific and they play oh. bagpipes oh. and so she's telling the story it's beautiful whatever and all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye you see this older gentleman bagpipes i'm like oh great touch such a make-a-wish thing right mm -hmm. so the bagpipe over the top he starts coming up on stage and what i can't see from my seat is there's this itty bitty teeny weeny kid following him full-on killed bagpipes the five-year-old and his granddad marched oh not right? a dry, not a dry eye in the house. No way. How good was that? Right. Yeah. Um, early on, we thought trying to get um, more people involved. We felt like we had all these wish families, and 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 you know, a lot of these, thankfully because of science, a lot of these children do recover and move on. And we thought, wouldn't it be great if we can kind of tap into the Make-A-Wish family and let's have an alumni picnic. And so we we thought this was going to be brilliant. We're going to recapture and, and get these people and, you know, maybe there's donors there that want to you know, pay it forward and all this. And like three families showed up and we it was like, wah, wah, wah. We had, um, who is the, who's the group with the... Uh, uh, Jay and Demarcus and uh, Rascal, Rascal Flats. Flats. Yeah, we honored them. Rascal Flats is there. We're at the Children's Museum uh, Theater, and there's like 20 people in the crowd. And I, I said to one of the Wish families, I said, "I said, what, what, what's, what's wrong?" And they said, "John, we came out of you know, it was nice to invite it, but you're asking children and parents to go back into that 
awful time in their lives. Yeah. And you're asking them to revisit that. Now, the wish was fantastic, but we've moved on. Right. And I went, yeah, we're not. That was the first alumni and the last alumni Make-A-Wish <laughs> event we had. Now, maybe there's a better way you've crafted that and been able to tap into that. But here we are thinking we've nailed it and we did anything but nail it. And we never thought that that was a problem. They and probably also skipped the hospital operating room alumni reunion. And the, and the 40 uh, treatments that they had the in two weeks. treatment yeah. alumni. Yeah, yeah, we could just do that. And that's where your idea came from. And just, <laughs> just, you would, no. I mean, that, that's something you would see, you know, on Modern Family or something like so we how, just. Yeah. How do you how do you ping on a lot of things you don't know if it's going to work or not? Yeah. Uh, what are your ideas of promotion? I mean, you are promoting that Make-A-Wish is here. That's right. How do families come to you? Yeah, they all get referred. So most of them are referred by a medical professional, but you can also be referred by a family member or yourself. And so um, any kid that is referred and qualified gets a wish. Tell a story. Tell a story, any story. What's what's a good one of one wish that you've seen happen and uh, was maybe unique or just memorable or something? I've got one that I'm going to ask you to okay. tell, and I maybe the statute of limitations is over. Okay. Can you tell the – I'm just going to whisper it to you. Can you tell the Dave Matthews one? Oh, that was before my time. I've only heard <laughs> legend go. and lore of that one. Do oh, you want to share that one? No. Well, you're the guest. I'm sure he will. No, we'll, no, no. I we'll, want We'll you talk to about that it. later. Oh, okay. This is such a good one, though. Well, why don't you start with it? Long story. Dave Matthews has a concert at Vanderbilt, yeah. and he is like 05, 06, I think it was. And uh, and the the wish for the child was in, he was in Franklin, and Franklin, he wasn't doing well. And so he couldn't make the show. Okay. And uh, Dave Matthews knew, heard of that during the concert. Now, he played four and a half hours. We got out of there at midnight, and he did his jam. The tour bus going to Birmingham with Dave Matthews, calls the family and say, we'd like to stop and see your son. So unbeknownst, but this can't get out. Tour bus pulls up in this cul-de-sac, affluent family in Franklin, Tennessee, and visits with the kid that night. And he passes, I think, on Monday. Well, but Dave Matthews said, you cannot use this as, as publicity or, you know, we just thought this was a cool thing to do. Okay. So I, I still get chills up. thinking about that. They rolled up in the bus. They rolled up. They called the family and said, we're going to, we're going to come by. And they said, you know, it's one thirty in the morning. Right. We want to come. I don't know if it was Jason. So they sat with Jason, the whole band. Wow. And, and when it was told during the concert, Dave said, Hey, you know, during jams, Hey, what do you think about stopping and seeing this kid on the, and they're all like, absolutely. I love that. I know. So that's, that's the story. Oh, so, good. so, Hey Beth. Yeah. Do you have a story <laughs> about a Make-A-Wish? I know Joe, John has one. Next? No, I, I, I do too. We brought you all the way here. We might as well I'm tell gonna our Go ahead. stories. Yeah. Um, hmm. Is uh, <laughs> I saw John Cena. Yeah. I think he's a big hit yeah, for never. a lot of kids. He said uh, the Make-A-Wish is number one. Whenever a wish comes right. out, he drops, adjusts, changes constantly. Yeah. Uh, do you have an example of one that you've gone through that just sticks in your head all the time? So John Cena is our number one celebrity wish grainer. Um, do you know who number two is? Let's see. Tiger Dave Matthews? Woods. No, no. Good guess, though. Oh, I got a story about Dave do you, Matthews. Do you? Oh, did I already <laughs> tell that? tell it okay. sometime. Let's see. Is it? Oh, no, I don't. Because it's Justin Bieber. Really? Number two. Terrific. Yep. The Hi. Biebs. The Biebs. They, they want to be believers, That's right. right? They are believers. They are believers. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I think if you picture a kid in a hospital just trying to get through all the treatments, there are certain things that they start doing, right? They're watching wrestling or watching TV. So they start to identify with John Cena, who's tough, who's a fighter, who becomes their hero. 
Justin Bieber, they're listening to music. And so he becomes the soundtrack for them fighting and getting better. And so those are the people they want to meet. Nice. I know. Rapid, 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 fire, rapid fire, rapid. Beth Torres, the Make-A-Wish president and CEO. By the way, uh, when among the things she helped me with, Joe, is uh, when we were working on a title, she said, don't go by executive director because executive director sounds... Look, when you have to ask for money... Sounds you like want, I'm going to get fired you right want away. To, you, no, you, well, you want to be... On the same level as the president of a company that you're asking for for right. funding, so um, just a, a nuance. But and I pass that along to all our uh, uh, JAG affiliates now. I go, do not do executive director. Sounds a little cheer, a little soft. Mm-hmm. Be the president and CEO. And I'm like, I don't even know what CEO stands for. <laughs> so anyway, that that was very thankful. Yeah, another stupid job story. What do you got? Rapid fire questions. Well, we, we try to hone in on you on this, not the bigness of uh, Make-A-Wish. You've been in Nashville now for a long time through the Vanderbilt days. And now, what's your favorite restaurant in Nashville? Okay, I love – what do I love right now? Ish. It could be a, Ish. a, a favorite spot you so have. I love a piece. Yeah. So good, right? Where right. is it? It's over in 12 South. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mediterranean kind of, yeah. So and, yeah rose on the porch. Yep. And yeah, it is. It's always good. And it always feels like you're eating healthy. Yeah. I don't know if you are or not, but. And you always like, sort of feel like you're on vacation when you're there. Yeah. Right? It's just, it's got, it's got, it's got a good vibe. Okay. Here, here's right. a new question. My wife Lindley came up with this. Are you a hoarder or a purger? Oh, easy. Purger. Are yeah. you really? Oh yeah. Oh my God. You can ask my staff. They'll say things like, where's the, and someone will go, Beth probably threw it out. Okay. True. No, it's good. It's good. Oh. Good way to clean. Yeah. What are you, Joe? Loves just, the middle, middle seat yeah. <laughs> and is organized. <laughs> oh God, what a dream! Single. Oh, I think, and, and I don't. That was well done. Good plug. Did I? Did I just just yeah. weave that in there? Yeah. <laughs> what segment are we on? I don't know. Oh. Rapid fire. What's what, uh, Nashville music? Yeah. You got a CD? You listen to the download stuff? What's What's on your phone or CD player right now? Okay, so I recently saw Pitbull in concert. A little obsessed right now. <laughs> What? That was that one. I know. I like both. 2002 called and they Wait, want you to see. My God, it's fantastic. Show. Is he? What's yes. good? I've never a seen a fantastic show or you just like the music. You like the music and saw the show and said, this is even better. Like the music, saw the show. Great performer. Really? Amazing. Yes. Terrific. Who would you want to invite uh, to dinner? Uh, if you could pick anybody, not dead or alive, let's go. Let's go. Well, well we could play dead or alive. Okay. Who 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 is who is intrigued? Well, a history major. There might be somebody, you know, Genghis Khan or somebody. I don't know. My God, I, I, I like that you went dark. I said, I said, or one time, and Joe just lost his. Where did that one come out? Where are you going to dinner with Genghis Khan or Hitler? And what are you talking about? Thank you for straightening this room out. I'm stunned at this one. Don't say Pitbull. No. Okay. <laughs> Although I bet it would be fun. Oh, would it? Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Who would I, anyone dead or alive? I would take Abraham Lincoln to dinner. Yeah. Right? Ask some questions. Yeah. Like He's what? tall. He's going to want to fight me. This for is the... your history major coming yeah. back. He what, wouldn't what, sit in middle seat. I can tell you that. What question would you ask? Well, I mean, think about all the crazy decisions he had to make for this country. And I mean, yeah. I bet he had some sleepless nights and some things he was thinking about. 
I'll buy it. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Beth, absolutely lovely woman in great shape. What's your morning routine like? Are you a morning worker outer or, you know, what's mornings like? Some people love mornings on this show. Other people hate them. Yeah. I'm, John calls me. He's done nine things and I haven't even gotten out of bed yet. Oh, uh, that explains your relationship. Yep. I like it. Okay. <laughs> Yin and yang. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. So mornings are pretty easy. I get out of bed, shower, get coffee, go to work. I mean, just let's That's just survive it. it. I work out at night. I've been going to row house. I love to row. Who knew? What's that about? I know. What do you do? Okay. Row. So you know like a cycle? <laughs> These like crazy cycle classes? Yeah. You, you eat do it on a machine. Baby fish. Row. Yeah. Row. Are you watching a screen like you're rowing in the water? You have an instructor and yeah. she tells you what to do or he tells you what to do. And I have just really loved it. That's terrific. So I'm a night workout. Okay. okay. Yeah. I, I, I like I, mornings and late nights. And if I, I can take a nap in the middle, perfect. Ooh. If you could tell your 18-year-old self some advice, what would that be? Okay. So you've known me a while. A little type A recovering, by the way. Um, I would have told 18 year old me to relax a little and have some fun. Nah. Yeah. It was real serious. Not like now. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. No, I would not have taken that because no. you, you, you never are in a bad mood or I've never seen you or you don't, or you hide it well. I mean, I know you have, we all have bad days, yeah. but, but, uh, and you truly do enjoy your job. Yeah. No, I, you know, best job ever. Yeah. That, yeah. Well, that's her hashtag it is. is best, best job best ever. Job ever. Way best. to suck up to the board. Totally. Yeah. That's, I know, I know your strategy. <laughs> it's the best board ever. I do. Best job <laughs> that's, ever. Your, that's, that's true. <laughs> what's fun reading? What's, what's a book you're reading now? Just finished. Yep. So I loved, um, and this is going to sound strange because now it sounds like I have a theme that I didn't mean, The Lincoln Highway. <laughs> you got a theme. I, seriously, that was by accident. <laughs> but I read it this year. Loved it. What's it about? about. I'm yeah. It's, it's about a guy who gets out of prison and what he does after that. It's just a, it's a great read. I'm recommending it. Was the it? Lincoln Highway, mm -hmm. meaning what? They, I'm thinking Abe Lincoln, but a guy gets out of prison. Yeah. They took the Lincoln Highway. And took the Lincoln Highway. Yeah. See, don't act like I know what's going on. <laughs> I didn't go to history or music appreciation or... Mm. You don't know the 16th president of the United States from 1861 to 1865 who thought he was going to lose his, his re-election because the war was still not wound up and felt like he had to be a gracious loser and was shot just days after the end of the Civil War. You don't know that guy. Man, that's yeah. smoke right down the middle of the plate good. right there, John. That was Excellent. Good. That now Beth is like, I'm not sure Beth where was that leadership that and knowledge when we needed it at Make-A-Wish? That was good. Uh, binge watching. Mm -hmm. What do you got? Um, okay, so Below Deck, it's my guilty pleasure. I'm not, oh, proud, of, I'm not proud of myself. Wow. I watch I that know. sometimes. I, I can take it for a little bit. It's, so tell, tell people what that show's about. So it's... Basically, they take these luxury yachts and you are part of the crew. And so you get to see what the crew does. And I know it's not highbrow. And I'm, I'm not judging. Scared. You are, though. Right. I can see it. It's your Pabst beer after a long Thank day. Thank you. Yeah. In your tank top, watching right. below. <laughs> your white, in your That's right. White, yeah, your white. Oh, yeah. White, white just, yeah, just, not, I know. White just keep t-shirt right now. Shut up. Final question. Yeah. Name, name three influential people in your life. Okay. Do my parents count as one or two? Oh, uh, my, no. my parents are always number one. Okay. Yeah. So I would say my parents. Mm -hmm. um, I would also say I had a high school gymnastics coach who was one of those people who just really saw the good in everybody. And that's, you forget how good that feels until you don't have those people. And I've had a really good boss. I've had some real crap bosses in my life, but I've had one really good boss who sort of just let me do what I needed to do and help me find what I was good at. Who is that? Can you? Yeah. Scott Utech. Good. Yep. 
Was that Reebok? Yeah. And now, get, now I'm going to have to send him this and prove that I liked him. They liked blah, him. Blah, blah. What did you do at Reebok? Yeah. You know, they have shoes. And so new shoes are always the new. I saw some uh, post-market shoe guy who makes millions and millions of dollars getting unique pairs of shoes. Yeah. And he sells them. So shoes, you know. Man, what a market. So that's your gig is to promote, make better the new shoe from the old shoe? Yeah, we were marketing that. And, you know, at the time, Jordan was playing. So we were a solid number two brand. And there's something fun about being number two, right? You you don't have to defend your position. You get to try new things and be innovative. Was that the uh, the, the pump-up? Who was the guy from Boston that played the Celtics uh, uh, that, that, that made that famous? Pump up air out. Mm. I, I, he was a, he, he before the slam dunk contest. He and he made a so commercial doing I that. I joined Reebok around Shaq's time. So anything okay. before that. Yeah. Okay. I got I you. I mean, I'm not calling you old. I was just okay. saying I don't know. Okay. Uh, well, we lied. One more question. Then we'll go on to the next second. Um, something that you did when you were young and you got away with. Joe is like, he can't even answer that because he was such a good kid. I, I took my mom's parents car out when I was 13 and didn't get caught, but well, I, I did get caught, but I didn't get away with anything. I got caught at everything. <laughs> You're terrible. Give me, give me yeah. one thing. Well, I was, I mean, I was a pretty good kid. I think my parents would agree. I have two issues when I was a kid. I was lippy shocker mm-hmm. and I was an eye roller. A what? I oh, an eye eyes. roller. Yeah. So I got in trouble a lot for that. I got in trouble for talking back the most though. Okay. I like that. Sassy. Yeah. That hasn't changed. And, and single. Go. <laughs> Joe and John have come to the Fork in the Road. Fork in the Road. Maybe it was at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Maybe it was at Reebok. Uh, Junior Achievement. Where is that? Uh, We have it just how we both got to Nashville and we're both sitting in this room together. So many sliding doors, so many turns where you could have gone this way, but you went that way. What's a fork in the road for you that you thought things were going in this direction and then bang, here we go. Now I'm Beth Torres over here. Yeah. Without question, it was getting my MBA at Vandy. Um, I had no intention of staying in Nashville. I moved here in 07. I thought I'd stay for a couple of years and then I'd go to another big city and went back to school in 09 at Vandy and it changed. It changed how I looked at the city. It changed how I interacted with people in this town. And I think it's the reason I fell in love with Nashville. Very good. I I thought um you I thought you might put in a pie fi story. I thought oh, that because that, that's a big part of your life. Joe and I are both Sigma News. Oh, I didn't know at that. different schools. What was what was the vibe of Western Kentucky Sigma News? What were you? I mean, what were you the jock house? Were you the cool house? The beer? You're the beer house. Beer. We had half half the football team. Yeah. Half the <laughs> smart guys. Half the guys that were in bar fights. We were probably an aggressive fraternity. I would call this. Yeah, I was in the I was in the jock one, and it, and by design the football fraternity, so that during intramurals I could actually play because they weren't allowed to play. So I got to start, you know, play basketball and, and flag football and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, pie fight. That's that's a big. That's always been a big thing for you. Your yeah. your college days and all that. What was what was the reputation? At at, uh, at in in Champaign Urbana, yeah, of of the University of Illinois Pythons. I think we were just girls next door. Like the, we weren't the safe answer. Yeah. yeah what what are you? I want to make sure I don't offend anybody. <laughs> why we have, what what? <laughs> rattle, who, rattle. Who, who, who is the who is the uh, 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 the house that had the most walks of shame? 
well, I guess is a good way to put it. I think at the time, and it's been a long time, so I'm sure the girls are not this way change. anymore. Right. I'm sure of that. Um, the tridolts were very pretty oh, and very yeah. well liked. Were they? Yeah. Did they have to be blonde brunette? or They were blonde. They, they were blonde. Yeah. Ones, yeah. Okay. How about rattle, rattle, here comes the cattle, five mu. Oh, my God. That is fantastic. It was great. The five mu girls were the biggest on campus, and you would always vote on mixers. We'd have like four mixers due to our budget, and every year I'd like to nominate five mu, and we'd have the big girls come rolling in, and we would party. They would party because nobody would ask them to a party, and they were out of control. They had more fun. It was like our make-a-wish to the sorority girls. Yeah, Here we are, ladies. And our gift, our wish to you, our wish to you is to hang we with us. We are granting your wish <laughs> just to come over to our house and drink hooch out of a trash can. <laughs> and you know, when those parties wound down and, you know, you're, you're playing Prince, you know, uh, 1999 for yeah. the seventh time. Uh, Michael Jackson was, was gold. Uh, uh, Madonna's holidays it just came out. We did a lot of that. Uh, and then things would wind down and, and as my, my wife, Lindley would call that, that time of the night, that <laughs> the scratch, the scratch and dent sale. Oh <laughs> I'm so sorry. And I'm so immature. That That's like, that wasn't funny. on the one sheet that you sent about your show. <laughs> I have the sudden urge to defend all the panhellenic organizations. Why? <laughs> Put me in this position where they now all I have make to horrible them. decisions too. <laughs> oh Men do and women do. <laughs> right. All know. right, we have to close with this. I think <laughs> oh, you gotta wear shades. Beth, with we started this uh, half a year ago, or you're, I think you're episode twenty seven, twenty eight. Um, you kept turning us down until you. No. Got so many lies. Uh, we we like to we're inspirational, motivational. We're kind of like that second cup in the morning of of Joe, and we don't serve coffee, so we've got to work on that. Um, give people, you know, it's it's a weird time politically. Uh, you know, is Nashville going the right direction? All these things. Give give us a reason to think that uh, tomorrow's going to be better than today. Well, I mean, it's easy. Everything we do reminds us of the good in people at Make a Wish. So I think. When I look back my very first day on this job, I left JA and I go to this event um, and I meet a wish kid for the first time. She's a high school senior, just getting ready to finish school. And her wish is to go to the Olympics. And I think you guys had voted on it as a board because it was an expensive wish. It was the London Olympics right. in 2012, I think. That's Do I have correct. that right? Okay. Yeah, that's right. And so I meet her and her family and she goes for her wish and she comes back. And now looking back 10 years, since I met her that night, she went to college went to Auburn, um, became a nurse. She, um, got married, had a baby, is pregnant with her second. And she's had this whole full life. And when you look back at that, to hear her share that Make-A-Wish was a part of that, but that her life is so full, that's what keeps me going. That's, that, that's pretty good. So when you, revi when you revive the idea of the alumni right. picnic, I think that she'll be among the, she, she could probably be your testimonial. We might be ready. Right. <laughs> I love it. Well, Beth, a prayer that uh, may God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you for all the people that you reach uh, who are at their wits end and you're the light in the tunnel you. and you're just absolutely lovely person. And we're grateful that you finally came over <laughs> even after all this. Yeah. You're a mentor. I know people look up to you. I think uh, your staff is now you're like a dozen people now. We're 10. We're working our way to 12. That is amazing. I know, right? And busy. And they're all busy. They're busy. Um, quickly getting through the pandemic um, night 
nightmare yeah, for fun. because all these wishes, you know, when you take travel away, um, you know, not a lot of the, a lot of them are wishes. How did you manage that? Yeah. We I had mean, two that, big goals when we realized we were going to be home for a while. One of them was that we would be able to hold on to our entire staff. Um, I didn't want to lay them off. I didn't want to furlough anyone. I really wanted to keep them whole. And the second thing was that we keep our families inspired and motivated. And so we shifted things for a little while and we made sure that our kids got gifts from us every month and they knew we were thinking of them. And if they wanted to change their wish to something they could do right away, we let them change. And if they wanted to wait, we waited with them, but we wanted to make waiting fun. And so here we are. On the well, side. that's leadership. That's figuring things out. Beth, you are make a wish is lucky to have you. Oh, thank you. Um, you make it better. And, uh, you know, I don't know where you'll be in 10 years, but I hope to hell it's still leading the make a wish charge. So we appreciate your time. Thank you. Beth Torres on the second cup of Joe. And John. It's the second cup of Joe and John as their guests expound on any and all topics within the realm of decency. Want to be a sponsor? Let a TV and radio guy help build your business. Email the show, second cup of Joe and John at gmail.com. Now, hold on tight and grab another second cup of Joe and John. Thank you.